0: Thank My name is Pranam and this is Embrace Your Lazy. This podcast will turn your dreams into reality by helping you realize that we are lazy and perfect human beings, and by teaching you habits to use laziness to your advantage. Today on the show, we have Kevin Longa. He's one of the founding members of SCP, Sigma Pi, an entrepreneurship fraternity. He's founder of Taste and more. We talk about his show, Taste with Kevin Longa, what it means to take a risk and how to be a better creative. Now, before we start, I just want to say, stay till the end, where we will give you the takeaways from this interview you can apply to your life today. Please consider subscribing, writing a review, and letting me know what you think. Here's Kevin. So my question is, we both come from an entrepreneurship fraternity called Sigma Eta Pi, and one of the things that Entrepreneurs talk about is that your product or your idea has to be incredibly unique right very different from the competition um, And the other things out there, so why do you think or how do you think? Taste is different than other food TV shows or web series what have you That's an excellent question um
1: I think the biggest difference about taste compared to other food related shows is that we're not necessarily showing people like the what and the where. And what do I mean by that? I mean, like, a lot of food shows, uh, they, they could be either like food and travel shows, um, like an Andrew Zimmern or an Anthony Bourdain, uh, or they could be a, like a cooking show where it's straight up like, we're gonna make uh, pasta today. And I'm going to take you through steps one, two, three, etc., on how to make this uh, pasta dish. And a lot of those shows kind of um, show uh, a viewer like the what and the where of food, like where to get the best, um, you know, egg tarts in Lisbon in, in Portugal. Uh, for the food and travel type shows, we are Taste. We tell the why, uh, and we tell more of a a story about why people make food. And we kind of uh, go a little deeper into where our food comes from, from a personal and story standpoint. In fact, I would probably link tastes more along the lines of, say, like uh, your average documentary film than i would with uh, a food show uh it's less about like the the cold hard facts of um the what and the where don't get me wrong we do um keep you know our, our integrity about the facts that we do you know lay out in our in our documentary segments but it's it's a little bit more per- personal like for example Uh, We filmed a story about a guy who ditches his job at IBM in order to resurrect the lost art of snail farming in Vienna. And people, uh, they called him uh, what in the German language is uh, crazy, they called him Verucht, uh, this guy, his name is Andreas. And that's because he had this idea. He had this crazy idea that uh, was a little bit different than what was normal. Like, who the hell opens up a snail farm? Um, and I think that is, especially the given through the lens of, you know, like, Sigma a Pi and entrepreneurship, it gives a, a different view into uh, our food besides, like, well, how do you make this? Or where do you go to find this type of food? Um, And on that note, actually, that's kind of the reason why uh, me and the founders wanted to create Sigma Eta Pi. Like uh, back at UCLA, uh, which is where we started the the fraternity at, um, there was this culture of... uh, If you're going to go into business, if you're going to go into, you know, well, the closest thing to like a business degree at at an undergraduate uh, at UCLA, which is a liberal arts college, is uh, economics or business economics major. And it kind of sets you up to, you know, go into a accounting job or consulting job or investment banking job. But there wasn't really much out there for people who really had the drive and the passion to start their own thing, um, and that's kind of it. Kind of draws a little bit of a parallel. Uh, well, I should say. Well, let me let me rewind back. Um, the The business entrepreneurship, or excuse me, the business economics major and the economics major at uh, UCLA kind of got people. Um, into this mindset that I need to become an investment banker or a consultant or an accountant. And we, the people who started uh, Sigma and a Pi, kind of thought, well, there's got to be something for people who wanted to start their own thing and who who have a passion for something different. And so we kind of like filled that unique niche uh, that was kind of, need that was kind of missing in the UCLA ecosystem and likewise I think that taste um, our series um, kind of fills in a, a different need for understanding the the people who make our food as opposed to what our food is like how to make it or where to find it
0: so I guess the natural question um, is you know taste is focused more about people and their stories right so how do you find these stories and and people who are really fascinating interesting and like like just the story you mentioned earlier about the snail farm seems really really interesting how are you able to find these people
1: Um, I was able to find a lot of these food entrepreneurs uh, that I've filmed um, basically, well at the beginning, actually this is kind of like a good um, snapshot into what entrepreneurship or you know starting your own venture period, not, doesn't even need to be a business venture is all about. Um, the beginning was a lot of cold emails and cold calls um, and you know reading in the newspaper uh, about a story and then following up with the, the journalist and saying hey that sounds interesting. I'm a documentary filmmaker. I'd like to do this uh, as a short documentary film, and then them connecting me with the people that they profiled, and then going from there. Like for example, uh, I filmed locally in San Francisco Bay Area this one story about this chef who takes a an ex criminal off of the streets and teaches uh, this this ex criminal. Kind of like the slang of the kitchen. Uh, Teaches him, you know, kitchen terms like mise en place and corner and pine you and uh, a bunch of other things. And in the process, he, uh, you know, changes this young ex criminal's life. And how I found this story was they were pretty much on the front page of uh, the SF Chronicle. And I reached out to the. The journalist who wrote that article and she connected me with um, the people who uh, were a part of that article. And like one week later I was, you know, filming with them. But then as uh, things went on uh, and I've gotten my work out there, uh, I've actually gotten a lot more people coming to me uh, to get their story uh, told. So, just like how all entrepreneurship or businesses start, you know, you put in the legwork at the beginning, uh, but in the if you you know do a good enough job, the word kind of gets out there, and then you know opportunities start presenting themselves to you.
0: So, so the thing I am very interested in, um, maybe very selfishly for my podcast, is when you thought of like starting this right you can you can go um, see this in the news go talk to that person and there's one kind of filmmaking or storytelling advice that says you need to disappear right let the story tell itself you are a documentarian you are just viewing this and you have to present it in the best way possible for the story to get out but you should disappear and these days, with all this competition, there's kind of a conflicting opinion that your voice should be heard, right? Your voice is an important part of why people are coming to watch what they're coming to watch or listen to your podcasts or what have you. What, what are your thoughts about that? How, how much should you let yourself disappear in the background and how much should your voice be the conduit that the audience is looking for. And that's a difficult question, but I'm just curious.
1: Straddling that, um, that line between disappearing and having your voice is really important. And I guess it depends upon what story you're trying to tell. Um, I'm at least with taste and what I'm doing, uh, I I don't want to hide. I don't want to disappear. Um, my voice and my experiences as an entrepreneur directly link into how I tell the stories of these entrepreneurs that I've uh, been profiling. Like, um, for example, uh, let's let's take for example that 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 one episode that I did with the the ex criminal. Now, I might not be an ex criminal. I'm pretty straight as an arrow kind of guy, but. Um, I've had mentors in the past and this chef that mentored uh, Thunder, which is the he that was a criminal, so the chef, his name's Chef Matthew Dolan, and the, the ex criminal, his name is Thunder, um, they had kinda like a, a a tutelage, you know, mentorship mentee kind of relationship. And, you know, all throughout my high school, college career, I went through that exact same well, not exact, but I went through that kind of um, process, and kind of, uh, you know, taking my own uh, experiences and modeling the the format of those experiences into the story that I framed uh, with Dictionary of a Food Hero, which was, the, which is the name of the final um, episode of that story. Uh, is directly related and like I think one of the biggest things that I learned while I was uh, studying uh, at, at some of the film school classes uh, at UCLA was that right. you know in the end the protagonist or the the story the, the, the main character of your of the stories that you tell is you and uh, and you shouldn't be ashamed of it, uh, because when you make yourself vulnerable, um, no matter how crazy <laughs> you might be, there are other people out there who are going to see that, uh, who are going to see that human side of you and human side of the characters that you portray through your storytelling and your experiences. Uh, and it's just going to make your stories that much more rich. Now, on the other hand, though, um, if you're going to, you know, uh, if you're going to cover, like, say, uh, news, like, you know, what's happening at like a national level right now, uh, it's it it is really important to keep yourself out of it and to go into um, into the story in a more unbiased tone and and journalistic tone I think with the polarization that's happening in uh, the news these days it having too much of a bias could just wedge people more and more further apart Um, but that's a different discussion
0: right no I mean that makes sense. for uh, I'm pursuing very similar things to you Um, so not things that are necessarily journalistic in nature not reporting the news, more um, telling stories. So I think you're right. I think in that respect, voice is interesting, right, and resonates. But when you're doing something else, such as reporting the news, and you're purported not to have a bias, but you do, that's that's when there's a problem. I think if I if I know you have a bias, if you if that's your voice, then I'm okay with it because you know you're not tricking me or fooling me in any way. So here's. Here's another difficult, selfish question for you. Uh, So I am, uh, my meeting, the reason I couldn't push back this podcast a little bit was I am working on scripting a short film, um, just for fun, just with a friend, just because I want to learn how to make short films. And, you know, that is a pretty different beast than a podcast, obviously, but the biggest delineation in my mind is that I can... There's, it's a blank slate, right? I can put anything on that slate. But I think, in a way, there's a unique challenge that you face or that I face as a podcaster that it's more like sculpt, right? You have marble, and you're trying to sculpt the right thing. So when you have this interview, for example, let's go back to the ex-criminal, you're going to have... A certain amount of footage a certain amount of stories and uh, interview that he gives you you know how are you able to pick out the best thing out of each of that because i i saw your sample web episode and i really liked it you know the story that you had really made me resonate with the character but how are you able to find the right way to say that right you no know, right quote um to make sure the audience understands what's going on and is emotionally connected.
1: You're referring to Dictionary of a Food Hero, right? Yes, yes. Yeah? I think uh, when trying to tell a story, try and be as economical with time as possible. And every single line of dialogue needs to progress story and character um, like every time I'm editing or crafting a story, I'm always thinking what can I cut? what can I cut away like this story that um, dictionary of a food hero only clocks into about three minutes and 40 seconds and whereas a lot of like YouTube videos and videos online, you're giving if you're gonna watch something in three minutes and 40 seconds it better tell a really good story like you'd better be uh, grabbing uh, in an audience members uh, attention because there's so many other choices out there just waiting on the sidebar uh, for them on YouTube and so um, like being very economical with uh, not just like the lines and the um, the script of it but just being economical about even the scenes like there's you don't need to actually explain a character's um, situation like pre the story too much like for example Here's a good example. Like, if you were to open up on an establishing shot of a woman, picture a woman who, you know, is wearing a Chanel suit, okay, very expensive suit, but she's sitting in a welfare um, uh, check, like collection service agency. That one shot, without a single line of, of dialogue, already tells you a lot of story and backstory, you know? Mm hmm. You can already guess this woman probably comes from a, you know, a wealthy background, but she's gone through some pretty bad times of recent, uh, of recent. So, you know, being really economical with that kind of uh, storytelling—that's where people uh, really enjoy um, their time viewing something visually.
0: Um, so, Kevin, where could we find more about you? Uh- and taste,
1: Yeah, um, we're on all the social media channels. If you go to at taste with Kevin on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Vimeo, you'll find us there. In fact, we're posting quite frequently to Instagram right now. And we're posting like behind the scenes um, stories to our at taste with Kevin Instagram account. And, uh, of course, if you just go to our uh, website, tastewithkevin.com, you can see uh, some of our sneak preview episodes and also uh, sign up to join our free online premiere of our first season, Taste Europe, uh, which is coming out pretty soon. So, yeah, uh, just Taste with Kevin. That's the – wherever you go, that's where you'll find it.
0: I think there's one main takeaway here, and that is a cliche one, but an important one to state. You got to hustle to get your dreams off the ground, and sometimes it's good to have a reminder of that. I think that when you are doing something creative, you often tend to look at the path that others have set for you and follow that. And in the beginning, that's important. But when you start to get better, when you start to find your own voice, sometimes it's okay to break the right rule. Sometimes it's okay to break the rules as long as you're still pursuing what you're trying to pursue and you're still being honest about the vision that you're trying to portray. In addition, it's always very important to respect the audience because... Every person listening or reading or watching or what have you could be doing any number of things because there's so much competition and so much noise out there today. So you have to learn how to edit, to be concise, how to tell stories quicker and in a way that is more appealing and entertaining to an audience member. And that's one of the hardest things you could do.